Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome to another episode of the Field of 68 Best Bet Show. I'm Kyle McHugh and I'm in a hotel lobby in Columbia, Missouri. With me, as always, is Matt and, and Jim. I'm speaking at this level because I don't want to disturb the others in the lobby. It's going to be a different type of show, a more calm show, a more ASMR show for you guys. A uh, what's the what's the network NPR style show, Jim? Hey, <laughs> takeaways from yesterday. I, I have a good takeaway, Jim, uh, but I'll save it. Fire, I'll save fire it. Away. I'll, okay, you're ready. I, I was in Manhattan for the K State KU game, and boy, that was one of the best games I've ever seen live. Uh, the overtime. The, the crowd, the octagon, all extremely awesome. The bush light, incredible. Uh, and just high-level ball. Yeah, Kansas missed a couple free throws, but all in all, it was K-State's game start to finish. Uh, the court storm was incredible. And Jerome Tang's speech at the end, it made me want to be a member of the Tang gang. I'm in on K-State, man. I'm in on K-State. So you're part of EMA. You are a wildcat now. I guess I'm part of e- I'm EMAing a little bit, Jim. We'll say a little bit. You've signed up. Interesting. Uh, Kai, yesterday was a strange day in that there were almost no upsets. You go down the Ken Palm page and there were three games where the pre, pre-game uh, <clears throat> underdog per Ken Palm won. And that has not been the case most of this year. I feel like it's been a very chaos-ridden, tough-to-figure-out kind of season. But yesterday mostly held true to form. Uh, Matt, I think we're seeing Creighton ascend back up to maybe not top five, but where a lot of people thought they would be preseason, top 15-ish. Just dominated Butler with no Manny Bates. Alabama looked great. Um, Iowa State continues to be awesome in the Big 12. So, yeah, I, I, I was my, my most surprising takeaway was how unsurprising yesterday was. Uh, agree, Wisconsin. Got back in the winning column, Jim. Buzz cut Badgers. Tyler Wall uh, does matter. I believe he had 10 points. He played pretty well. Didn't play a full workload. Didn't look at 100%, but good to see him back in there. Like Just good to see good players who matter for teams that matter return. Um, covering injuries is like the least part, my least favorite part of this job. And uh, so I'm just glad to get some healthy guys back in the next guy. Also, K-State fans, I'm sorry. That was awesome. You're good. I, I get it. I'll, I'll just stop trying to be cute and against the grainy. I guess it was, it's insane. I don't understand it, but it it's it's working. It's it's unreal. They're good. And I was a huge fan of the uh, the K-State fandom in general. The, uh, the chants they have are pretty unique from what I've seen from other schools. I'm still not a fan of Willie the Wildcat, uh, just just not a fan of uh, just a regular guy with a cat head. It doesn't make much sense to me. It's not a big guy, Kai. No, he's not really. He's kind of built like us, to be honest. Yeah, he's he's no Truman the Tiger. Okay, game one, Arkansas at Mizzou. Yes, I'm in Columbia. I'm going to this game. I cannot wait for it. Yes, I went to Mizzou. Yes, I'm wearing a Missouri shirt. I'm a big homer. Yes, it's my best bet. Missouri minus one and a half. 
Uh, I'm hoping for another great game here, Jim. I think Mizzou can do it. They led Arkansas for 30 minutes in the first game. They're 10 for 48, their last two games from three, which I think turns around here. Uh, I think the home crowd gets it uh, for the Tigers tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I like the spot, the matchup quite a bit. Uh, I think in the first game, the spot for Arkansas ended up overriding the matchup and Arkansas was able to get the win, but not the cover. Uh, I, I think the, the matchup was really exposed though, Matt, with the way Mizzou slowed the game down at times with their zone, forced Arkansas to shoot over the top. The one thing that is a concern is getting absolutely battered on the offensive glass. Mizzou needs to be very compact and rebound as a team, which does sort of hurt the transition opportunities. But I think Mizzou will generate a few more turnovers with it being at home, not in front of that that great Bud Walton crowd. Again, I think they will play very compact with the zone. Arkansas is near the bottom of the country in both three-point attempt rate and three-point percentage. They are a horrific shooting team, both volume-wise and efficiency-wise. I think Mizzou is going to be smart enough to realize that. Given the return home here, Matt, after losing three of four on the road, the poor shooting they've experienced, I think this sets up very well for Mizzou. Market's kind of with that, but man, go Tigers. Go Tigers, Mizzou, rah. I just added it myself about a half hour ago. Really? Um, this surprises for me. For the record, I am one betting on Mizzou. I was pretty big on Mizzou when they um, got railroaded by Texas A&M. Although they competed late in the second half, made a good run, but then Texas A&M uh, continued to push ahead late. I think that AM game, as we've learned, is like AM's basically doing the same thing as last year where they kind of waltz through the non conference and then Buzz Williams gets really pissed off and energizes his team. And now they've just looked really good. Mizzou's been in tough spots the last couple of games. Now they're in the right spot. Jim, you mentioned it how the spot advantage flips in the second leg of this rematch. I think the zone angle you mentioned is real. The one thing about Arkansas, I'm looking at their starting lineups the last two games, both Mitchell uh, twins have started which I would agree they've gotten a lot better this season, but like it feels a lot like a Rhode Island roster that Arkansas is feeling now without Trevion Brazil, Nick Smith on the mend. Um, even Anthony Black didn't play great last game, and the rest of those guys are – I mean, obviously they're more talented than that, but they're not as overwhelmingly talented. I think Mizzou wins this game outright. So plain and simple, nothing overly complex for me. Kai, I got one more bold take here in this game. Anthony Black gets a technical. He was so close multiple times at Vanderbilt just chirping, spouting off, stepping over guys on the ground. I think in another hostile environment with people chirping at him, a lot of crowd. Yeah, I think it'll play well. There won't Missouri. be a prop that yep. for that, but I'm just going to I'm gonna put that out there. I think he gets a tech. Jim, I love the take. I hope he gets a tech. That would be a great momentum booster for the Tigers. Uh, yeah, go Mizzou, best bet, minus one and a half. All right, next game. UConn, minus five at Seton Hall. And Matthew, I heard the news that Dan Hurley is out with COVID. And I said, I like UConn even more. In all honesty, I think he holds him back a little bit. The team is crazy talented. He's had crazy talent in the past. And frankly, I think he's underachieved a little bit. He's too emotional, man. His emotions get the best of him. UConn fans realize this, but they'll defend him to the death. Anyways, I like UConn. What do you think about this game? I think UConn destroys Seton Hall up front. Um, I don't really have a take on the whole Hurley. I think it's just like a a wash. I'm not going to bet on UConn without him. I'm not going to like fade him without him. Uh, It's funny, Rob mentioned the line did move up a point on that news. I think it was related to that news specifically, or it could have just been coincidental. I think it was related to the Hurley stuff, though. Uh, I'll go coincidental, but yeah. Coincidental? Okay. Um, Minus five does feel short, Jim. I know UConn's been reeling lately. But Seton Hall has struggled with size. I think they, I don't think they can stand up here inside to uh, to UConn. So I like the Huskies. Yeah, no Yetnas really hurt them. Um, just that one more banger body inside who's capable of getting 
eight right. to ten rebounds. It's huge, actually. Yep. The the problem for UConn is their guards have just kind of been awful recently. Twenty one turnovers at home against St. John's just could not hang on to the ball. Uh, it's it, the the group of guards they have. Like now that they're not running away with games repeatedly, you, you stop and think. You're like, oh, the point guard for a hundred and ninety first ECU and the backup guard for 80th ranked Texas A&M last year and a, and a wing for Virginia Tech who's not a ball handler and San Diego's like third guard in Calcutta. Like maybe <laughs> these aren't the guards for a top five team in the country. I have some concerns uh, with them on the road going to Seton Hall who is long and is going to pressure a little bit. We know Shaheen Holloway is pretty decent as an underdog. We've seen it happen uh, on the, the sport's biggest stage. So, yeah, I don't know, Kai. Maybe it's it's advantageous that we know Dan Hurley can't get a technical late in the game and, and derail his team a little bit. But I, I just – this one has me a little bit spooked. I, I, UConn is – they might just be a different team than they were the first 10 games. Yeah, it's possible. I, I've seen them at their best, and it's it's scary how, how good they can be. So I'm hoping that version shows up, especially after their recent struggles. So go Huskies. Uh, well, Dagan, the producer, went to Seton Hall. So, with apologies to Dagan, his best bet is Seton Hall money line. If you want to tail him, uh, next he's game. hot this year. He is hot. He is. He's he is hot. hot. Uh, TCU at West Virginia is our next game. West Virginia minus two and a half. TCU, Jim, unquestionably the much better team, but West Virginia is no slouch. Morgantown, tough place to play. They're well coached, and they're desperate to get that first league win. Man, Und- or uh, winless in the Big Twelve so far. I understand why they're favored, but. I also understand the confusion around it. This has been the the game I've been texted about most by random people that start that want to bet on college basketball right now. They're like, "Huh, why why is why is this team laying? Why is West Virginia laying points here? Why is TCU getting points? They've looked so much better. West Virginia is ranked at or above where TCU is in pretty much every analytical site, so that gives you that explanation. They're more desperate." But I think both of those, both teams are in a very different spot than they were like the first two weeks of the year. West Virginia was blowing teams out of the water, making every single jump shot. And they started to see some of that regression come through. Whereas TCU was horrific the first two weeks of the season, really shorthanded without Damian Baugh. And now they look like a beast. So Matt, does this go the way of uh, West Virginia or uh, Texas Tech last night where the unranked home favorite loses uh, fairly comfortably to Baylor? Or is it the opposite, where Wake Forest leads by 10 the whole game as the unranked home favorite? Right. I tend to lean towards TCU here. I just think they're better, and the, this version of them is better. But I'm scared of the spot. West Virginia home run at home, trying to figure things out, trying to get above the or, or off the schneid in the Big 12. So I didn't actually bet it, even though I lean Horn Frogs. Yeah, I do too, but I respect the spot too much to, to bet it. Like I think you hit it on the head. Like, don't be in a rush to bet TCU because of – the I don't know presumed fishiness of this line or whatever. I, I West Virginia is still good. They've struggled in close games. You could argue they're overrated, played over their heads. I don't know. I love Huggins. I think his track record speaks for himself. I like the roster construction. They played well for the most part at OU. Um, played for the played well for the most part against Baylor at home, and that was a close loss. And they've only dropped four spots in Kempom since the start of conference play. So like you see, oh and five. It's not like they're like absolutely on a huge tailspin. They've just been a lot of close games in the most brutal conference. Well, I don't know, in the history of college basketball. So I think you look at it from that lens, you can understand what the line is, what it is. Um, but again, all that is to say, I'm not taking anything. I respect the spot, and I uh, I got nothing. Yeah, they're 0-5 in conference, but they're number 24 in Kempom. So it's it's still a really good team. This is why the line is the way it is. 
Um, yeah, I, I love TCU. Ordinarily, I would be backing them here, but I don't know. The the blue collarness of West Virginia, I know they work hard. They hit the glass. They get fouled. Weird stuff can happen in Morgantown. It isn't the spot, in my opinion, to back TCU. So I'm just staying away. Next one, Providence at Marquette, a very good one here. The line is high. Marquette minus seven and a half, Matt, but likely no Jared Bynum for Providence. That's pretty big. But having said that, Ed Cooley is a dog over seven points. That's tempting to me. What do you think? I grabbed some eight and I was a little bit uh a little bit too antsy there because Bryce Hopkins may not play tonight as well. I know he's a game time decision. I've heard some conflicting reports. It feels like he is gonna play. Um, but yeah, it'd be tough to be sitting there with a plus eight ticket without Bynum and Hopkins. I think Hopkins is actually much more important than Bynum. Um, just because he's like a one man X factor scoring stud. And he also can defend the versatile, speedy, agile bigs that Marquette has, which has been kind of their secret sauce, in my opinion, all year. Like we talked about how awesome their guards have been Kolick and Cam Jones, but I think the Oso. uh, prosper duo up front the way they can just like attack from the perimeter and get you inside in space that's so deadly and we saw it against xavier like going driving hard scoring over those bigs uh i think hopkins is a great counter to that um so he'll be a big loss on both ends one of the few injuries i'll mention jim as in the matter category um hoping he plays if he doesn't i might be buying off a little bit if he does i'll feel really good about holding an ed cooley plus eight ticket uh ed cooley has a dog versus shock as a dog yeah, you mean Shaka as a favorite? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm betting. Sorry, I'm betting Ed Cooley as a dog against the uh, the Shaka as a dog angle. Yeah. It's like when, when these two teams play for the next five years, just bet the dog. You'll probably be fine. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Ed Cooley is a road dog. Eighty eight fifty seven against the spread. Sixty point seven percent. Shaka is a home favorite. Forty five point nine percent in his career. So like both things really tilt towards Providence there. However, the Bynum thing's enough to make me stay away. Your best ball handler against a team that pressures. I don't like the juju around that. Um, and home Marquette, someone mentioned in the chat, they're fantastic. They can go on just insane scoring runs there. Uh, and it's it's tough to deal with when you get steals and can shoot and score the way they do. You can kind of just get buried at times. So I don't want to bet against Cooley as a dog. I don't want to bet against home Marquette or back a team yep. without its starting point guard against Marquette. Kai, there's too much pulling in both directions. It's like mm-hmm. the most obvious stay away. I do kind of like the over though. And per Harry in the chat, they're honoring the 03 Final Four team tonight. Yep. That's a, that's a lot of Wade, juice. Your Travis Deaners. Yes. Your Robert Jacksons. Your Todd well, Townsends. I think, no, I think Novak was on the team. He didn't play. He was like a freshman, I think. He was young. He was the yeah. sixth man. He played a little bit. Oh, he was he the sixth man? Just okay. Hit like two or three threes. I grew up on Marquette yeah. or like Wisconsin fans. Yeah. Um, worth noting, Providence won this first game in double overtime, if you recall, at their place. I do th- kind of think Marquette returns the favor here. But there is some interesting four factors things going on. Best offensive rebounding team in the Big East against the worst defensive rebounding team in the Big East. That's Providence against Marquette. And then the number one turnover team in the in the Big East, Marquette, forcing turnovers against the worst turnover team in the Big East without their point guard and Jared Bynum. The number feels high, but I think I lean towards Marquette. That takes us to Chat Mob, part one. I don't know who my... Oh, it's Jim, right? Jim Cesar? I am your czar. Uh, Back I have two out. orders of business before we hit games, though. One, I think our stream is back. Chat said we were in, then out, then in, then out again. We're here. We're ready to rock. Kai, I need a report on the looks you're getting from the rest of the lobby. The people are clamoring for it. Need to hear that before we hit the chat mob questions. There's some weird ones. Uh, I'll <laughs> just keep it at that. <laughs> okay, great. Love to hear it. 
Uh, all right, Matt, I'll start with you. A game I know we agree on. Scott H asked about Oregon at Cal. Oregon's laying eight points on the road at Cal. Let's go Bears. It's Bear Thursday. down, baby. It's Thursday, Oregon, right? Like fade them. It, look at the Oregon oscillations in their Pac-12 schedule. It's Oregon inconsistencies. Yes, they're healthier. Yes, they're better. I think they're going to be legit in a month, but this is a great time to, to fade them. Dewan Clayton, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than Devin Askew. Look at Cal's splits when it Clayton's the lineup. It's like not even close. Pac-Man, like greater than, greater than, yeah. greater than, greater than. I like that greater than. That's good. Um, yeah, I look. They're, Oregon's off that huge Arizona win. They've shown a very huge propensity to not get up for midweek games. I think that spot's horrific for the Ducks. All right, Kai, UMass Lowell. They have been rolling until they got to league play. Now they're one and four against the spread, have lost two of their last three, minus four at home against UMBC. Anything for us here? Yeah, my number said it was short. I was going to take Lowell, but I laid off. Uh, they just haven't looked the same in league play. And UMBC has been really good. And I happened to catch one of their games, um, and I was impressed with what I saw. So I just assumed that I had Lowell a little bit overrated and UMBC underrated. And I tipped my cap to the line and said, no, thanks. I'll move on. There you go. All right, Matt, a twofer from Pat Taylor. You get the first half. That would be Abilene Christian getting eight and a half at Utah Valley. And UVU's been fantastic. Are you going to back the home team here at a little bit of altitude? Uh, it does feel high, and I respect Brett Tanner and the ACU program too much. However, I'd like to point out just how insane ACU's pressure has become to the point of like just immensely undisciplined um, 48 free throws UT Rio Grande Valley attempted against them two games ago, last game against Tarleton, uh, 36 free throws. So, I mean, if you, if Utah Valley makes 75 to 80% of the free throws tonight, they should probably cover this number. All right, Kai, the other one from Pat's two pack Lafayette at American Lafayette's just like been fantastic. I, I, mm. I don't understand why they're like starting a walk on, uh, <laughs> just doesn't matter. Uh, American though is minus five. Yes. Had low. I don't know. Yeah, it does, but Lafayette's dog's been really, really good. Um, if anything, I'd lean the under in this game. Uh, Lafayette's been a pretty good under squad. They tend to really slow games down, and American is fine with that. They're not really looking to score in transition, push the pace. Low number, but lean towards the under. Yep, this was a consideration for a best bet for me here, the under. I just think it's going to be gross. Lafayette knows that they should slow the game down and slog it up against a little bit more talent. Uh, all right, Matt, for you. We're going to Jay Letterman's question. Is Radford and Campbell going to be another slog, an under? That's what he's asking about. Yes. It's like two of the hardest under teams in my mind. So when you get two fairly extreme ends of the spectrum pinned against each other, you, you just you, you go that way. So I like the under there too. It's at 128. Sorry, 120. Yeah, 120. Well, wow, it's all over the place. It's like 128 and a half, and I see 126 at some shops. Uh, so, but don't shop. Bet Rivers, what do they have? I don't have that their number in front of me, but I think it's a pretty good under. <laughs> uh, all right, Kai, a lot of questions about certain games, so we're going to hit those. First, you get from the A-10, Ethan W. and others asking about Duquesne at St. Bonaventure. Do we keep riding with the home Bonnies? Yep, I did. It's scary. It's scary every time because they're usually playing a better team, but I'm riding the Bonnies home, home team uh, trend. I think they're 7-1 and one now against the spread at home. Duquesne's clearly better, but uh, I'm rolling with the Bonnies. Yep, Bonnies plus one at home right now. I, I think it's basically picking you're picking the winner. I would lean towards the home team as well. Matt, similar kind of line, getting asked about a lot. Uh, Furman at Chattanooga, the mocks a one point home favorite against the presumed preseason favorite in this league. Who are you going with? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just a good basketball game. Uh, no hard take here, Jim. I will point out Furman's defensive issues are not solved, but they've been a lot better defensively uh, so far in SoCon play. I know they just gave up 88 into UNC Greensboro. That was an OT. Uh, the few games before that, they looked a lot more competent. I think Furman's actually um, not the fade that I thought they were three weeks ago. So I stayed away here. I was looking to take Nuga, but I ended up not. Go Paladins for my preseason SoCon futures. Go Dens. Yeah. My, that's my whole bias there. Our guy, Richie. Right. Our guy, Bob Rich. Uh, I'll take this one because I wrote it up for Action Network. Uh, Auburn at LSU. Auburn laying four in the road. I like the home Tigers here. Uh, it's Tiger versus Tiger battle, but I think this projects fairly similarly to LSU hosting Arkansas two weeks ago. They got the win as a four-point uh, home dog, one outright. I think the kind of changing defenses will frustrate Auburn shooting a little bit. As long as LSU can score enough points, uh, it should be relatively ugly. Maybe an under would be of interest here as well. Uh, I think LSU can stay within that number and possibly even win outright. Jim, I agree with you, and I hate LSU. I made fun of them how many times in this program. I almost took LSU plus six. So I, uh, yeah, what six? Auburn. Well, it's not a four, unfortunately. But even that, take LSU four, four and a half. <laughs> it stinks. Uh, like I right. would. Kyle, let's go back to the outline. I'll continue hurting questions. SMU, East Carolina, San Diego State. Seen them. They will be answered in part two. All righty. Let's start with Bedlam. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. The Pokes are favored by two at home. Ugly, gross game. Matthew, you need to know Musa Cisse's status for Oklahoma State. He's very important for the Cowboys, who have been the Big 12's worst offense by a mile in conference play. Who do you like in this game? Best bet is in this game, Kyle. I like Boomer Sooner on the road. Um, this is a huge win opportunity for the Sooners to build their at-large resume. And obviously every Big 12 game is, so it's kind of a stupid anecdote. But I just think the matchup here um, in what should be a very sluggy, half-court-based, execution-based game, I give the slight lean to what I think is a slightly better coach, especially in that type of setting. The Cissé thing, Kai, I read that he played in like one or two non-contact drills Yesterday, I don't think he's very close to returning. I know he's been like close to returning the last few games, and he's like been in warmups and about to play. I, I, I think they drag this out a little bit. Um, I, I would bet that if he does play, he's not going to be in close to 100% effective. And we've talked about how much he means to this team. Last three games, no CSA. They've been inept, uh, not just on offense, but even defense. Gave up 74 points to Baylor last game in a pretty slow-paced uh, affair. So now it's like, what's their identity? If you don't have a dominant defense to hold you up, um, without CSA, like I think this is a really a soul searching time for the pokes until they get CSA back and 100 effective, Jim. Yeah, he's like you said, you think, oh, he's super important defensively. Okay, I get it, shot blocker, amazing defensive rebounder, but without his finishing near the rim as a pick and roll man, that's a problem. Oklahoma is like one of the most under ball screen teams in the country, it's always been a Porter Moser thing. They force a ton of isolation that way because you just like. But go under screens, you either pull up from three or you have to go one-on-one -on -one against it. And, man, Oklahoma State can't shoot unless it's Asbury, Kai. That's a problem. I think if they're living on the perimeter, they're going to be really frustrated. And Oklahoma's ability to game plan with Moser and move defenses around with their bigs, I think that's a that's a nice edge. 
I'm worried about the home court. I still think that matters in the Big 12, but would lean towards Matt's boomer sooner. I just laughed at the comment. Club Vogue after Tigers win tonight? Yeah, I'll take my wife to Club Vogue. It's a really classy establishment. Uh, Tony C's? I don't know. I'm sure. I don't think that exists anymore at Columbia. Is the other one? Rumors? Tough. That was the name of the bar. Okay. Thank you. Sidetracked. Um, I'm also worried about the home team here. Oklahoma State's been competitive without CSA. They, they've tend to blown games late, but they've been scrappy. They've they've competed with good teams without him. So I think they can still beat Oklahoma here, um, which has me kind of staying away. But I support Matthew's best bet of Oklahoma plus two. As you should. As I always do. I always support you. Uh, next game: Virginia Tech at Virginia. Virginia's land five. This game has come down. All I can say here, Jim, is Hunter, Hunter Couture better play. Uh, I was burned backing Virginia Tech against Syracuse, assuming he would play. If he's in, I like the Hokies here. What do you think? Yeah, they're just wow, massively undervalued because of their performances without him. Like mm-hmm. They've been so bad without him. They were clearly a different team with him in the lineup. He's their best perimeter defender, an elite perimeter shooter. Their whole offense is running really intricate actions with guys running off of screens. And if there's nobody with gravity off those screens, the way Couture does, he can shoot off movement. Then you can sag off. You can help inside. You don't, uh, you don't have to worry as much about Basili and Mutz in the paint because you're not stretched out on the perimeter. It's wild how much he matters. It reminds me of the Iowa teams like two years ago when CJ Frederick was out and people were like, he averages eight a game. Why is he even important? It's like gravity, like the actual gravity of a shooter is so, so important. Uh, So with him back, I think Virginia Tech can shoot over the top. These games are frequently very close. Um, yeah, Matt, I, I, it, it's kind of a lowish number now, uh, lower than I would have hoped yeah, to get. Yeah, it's five. But I would still lean towards the Hokies. feels like a close game. I just saw Mike Barber, the uh, Richmond Times reporter, did confirm that he will play tonight. So I think that's what ultimately pushed the number down to five and a half, five. It was like set, opened at seven, right? And got moved to six and a half, six, which is like yep. the mm-hmm. kind of one leg in. I think he's playing, but not really sure. The market now knows he's playing and they've fully bet into it. Can't back VT at this price, but I do lean their way. Also, have no Rodney Rice debuted last game for VT. He's like a top 100 recruit, very uh, like a big time athlete, like young, raved about how good he is in transition. Um, kind of a, a stocky bowling ball type type dude. I, I like his game. I saw him on tape. He could be a pretty big piece there uh, going forward. Not sure how much he means in this matchup, but just something to note. I think, and Jim is more of the authority on this. I think Mike Young has done pretty well against Tony Bennett in recent years. Um, this team's also desperate for a win. I mean, they've lost five straight in the ACC. They're one in five. They're basically holding on to a thread right now. And while their numbers aren't great, their shooting numbers, they can shoot. They can stretch the line, especially with the Couture in there. So despite my questions on defense, I, I think Virginia Tech hangs around here. So lean their way. They're, sh- they're shooting 29% from three. Oh, God, Jim. Your stats, man. 29% from three is silly. That team's a good shooting team. Yeah, right, right, like, right. is a great shooter. Uh, Young's covered two of three against Virginia Tech. Okay. Two years. So, yeah. I like it. Virginia hasn't been that great, but I'm still taking the stat. I'm still taking it. Florida at Texas A&M is our next game. A&M laying four, and they've been rolling lately. Matthew Cox living up to the top 50, top 40 preseason billing. They're 4-0 in the SEC. They've covered every single game. In fact, they're one of the better ATS teams in the country. They are 12-5 and this season against the number. Surprised me after their slow start. Florida showing some life. You're a Gator guy. What do you think? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I am a Gator guy, but they've continued to be priced in the clouds. It's like my alter ego is the one that's setting uh, the opening lines at Pinnacle or, uh, or, or, or bet Chris. I, I just think that I want to bet Florida. I do think the AM resurgence is real, um, but it's pinned against another team that's also on the up and up, and it's a team I like more. Florida, but again, it all comes back to price for me in this one, and I don't think Florida should be a four-point road favorite here. I think it should be closer to like two or one, just given um, the form AM's in. AM's a, is, is a home favorite. Uh, I'm sorry, I think I think Florida should be like closer to a sorry six-point dog or something, not a four-point dog. I'm fl- flipping my. So you, yeah, Texas I had A&M, this. I had this priced around. AM better on a new. Yeah, right now. I'm curious. I have a slight half point better. Yes, just based on form. Okay. Uh, this is not a handicapping angle, but Texas A&M put out a video on Twitter of the team practicing to in the air tonight by Phil Collins and Tyrese Radford is banging the drums when the drum wow, comes that's in huge. and the team goes nuts. And I was like, man, I'm getting good vibes. That's, yeah, that's cool. Aggie squad. Okay. So got to be careful of that. Uh, clearly they're enjoying themselves together. Uh, chemistry eh, matters. They just whooped up on South Carolina. Uh, but I do think Florida is trending up too. Like Matt said, I think they, even with uh, as as strong as Marble has been in the paint, Castleton's the best big man on the floor. I think he can still control that area. And Florida's starting to hit a couple of jump shots more than they were early in the season. Kyle, Kyle Lofton hit a couple of big ones against Mizzou, both from long two and three point range that sort of turned the tide in that game. If Florida hits jump shots, they're really, really good because that defense is all the way legit. Uh, and Texas A&M, Going to try to force turnovers, get to the free throw line. We'll see if they can do that against Florida. This one ended up being a stay away for me as well. Yeah, Florida's definitely showing some life to their credit. Uh, the first game, AM won in Gainesville. It was a free throw fest. AM just kind of outmuscled Florida. They beat them on the boards, they beat them to the free throw line. I tend to think the Gators put up a better fight here, but AM's better right now, frankly. And I, I lean towards the Aggies at home. It's either that or stay away from me. All right, last game of the rundown, guys. We got Bradley at Indiana State. I did include a Missouri Valley game. This one is uh, important for the top of the standings here. I think it's Indiana State's game, Jim. I got the stats here. Bradley on the road. Bradley is one and five against the spread with a minus six cover margin on the road. They're one and three in the Valley straight up on the road. At home, they're nine and zero oh with a plus 15 cover margin. This team is different when they go on the road. And Indiana State, two game skid, they're, uh, they're due for a bounce back. Give me the six. Who do you like? Man, plus 15 home cover margin for Bradley is absolutely ludicrous in nine games, too. It's not like it's one outlier that's totally waiting that. Uh, yeah, it, Indiana State was up two games in this league, and we're like, is someone really going to run away with the Missouri Valley? And they promptly lost two games outright, and they're now tied with everybody in the, the two-loss uh, two loss column here. I do think Indiana State bounces back. Like you said, Bradley, the defense just isn't the same on the road. It's not the same like intensity. They have the capable individual defenders, a whole lot of switchy big men. Leon's is a total freak. Rink Mass is a monster in the paint, but it doesn't show up as well on the road. And given a, a semi-buy low for Indiana State off that two-game losing streak, Matthew, I like the Sycamores here. I think they they get it done. I agree. I've like watched a little bit of their last two games, um, especially the Southern Illinois game. They lost by eight at home. Like They were in control early. It just seems like teams eventually figure out their offense a little bit in the Valley. And when you're in conference, you tend to get scouted a little more closely, a little more in-depthly. But this is Bradley's first time seeing ISC Blue this season. Um, They did beat them, uh, or Bradley swept them, and that's how they split last year. Uh, So the fact that that ISU team last year, which was certainly struggling, 
uh, beat Bradley last year, given how much better they are this year, I think that there's some matchup concerns for Bradley. Um, Jimmy mentioned that the defense doesn't travel as well on the road. You'd think that would, but maybe in this matchup it doesn't. I like the spot for ISU coming off two losses. I'd lean their way at this short number. Well said, Matthew. Go Sycamores. All right, Jim. Chat mob part two. All right, you each get a question from the American. We'll go to Matt first. Lorenzo Bros. SMU is a three and a half point road favorite at stinky, stinky Tulsa. Does even SMU cover a game as a favorite here? No. Yeah, it's stink for stink. I'll take the stink at home catching three and a half. That's my handicap. How about that for nuance? Yeah, I, Tulsa's like pretty bad inside, and SMU's not going to punish them. So I think not being able to take advantage of that and just beat them up in the paint. Tulsa at least has a, a fighting chance there. Kai, you get the infuriating owls of Temple Harriar's owls. <laughs> they are minus nine at home against East Carolina. What do you got for us? Javon Small might be out for ECU again. Not not to toot the horn. I've been pretty solid fading and betting Temple, timing them right. I stayed away from this game. The spread feels a little bit big to me. Um, yeah, East Carolina's missing a key guard, but nothing for me in that game. This has backdoor written all over, doesn't it? Very backdoor-y for ECU. What do we call the opposite of a whack-a-mole team where we're actually getting them right, Kai? It's a it's a good whack-a-mole. Hmm. A, a metronome. A bullseye. Metronome. Metronome. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's not great. We'll do better. Yeah, we'll do better. We'll workshop it. Out West, San Diego State, road favorite, four and a half points at Colorado State, a team that's been really, really disappointing, kind of marred with injuries. Do the Aztecs get right after losing at home to New Mexico over the weekend? Yeah, I think that spot really gives them a good edge here. They've played well at altitude in this building before, and there were some epic battles with Roddy uh, when those dudes were there last year. Colorado State's very whack-a-mole, and I think when they're in a, a spot that's unfavorable, I like to fade them. I think when they're a favorable spot, I like to bet on them um, until they're fully healthy at least. So I think they're in a bad spot tonight. I'd like to bet San Diego State. Right, Kai in the whack. Grand Canyon is a 12.5-point favorite against Utah Tech. Both teams probably missing their best player. Mm -hmm. Grand Canyon definitely without Blackshear. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. And then Cam Gooden has been out for Utah Tech, and they've been awful without Gooden. So yeah, the difference between these two teams is Grand Canyon has looked pretty good without Blackshear. They're still like winning and, and competing with, with good teams. Uh, and Utah Tech's been a disaster. So uh, GCU took money. I think it's warranted, especially at that home court. Uh, lean their way, nothing strong. Yep. Uh, Matthew, Big Ten, your Huskers. You love you love a little bit of corn. They are six point home dogs to the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are in a bit of a rut right now. Are they able to get out of it at Nebraska? You're muted, Matthew. You're muted, Matthew. You're still going to talk Matthew. really loud. There it is. No, I'm I'm, I'm good now. I'm good now. Right? Yeah, I was going to talk really loud and talk over the mute button. Uh, it doesn't work like that apparently. Um, Jawan Gary, Sam Griesel, know what their status is tonight for Nebraska. Griesel they are not very Gary deep. Out a while. Gary's out. Sorry, Gary's out. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Griesel, Griesel is in. I'm sorry. Griesel's playing. Still can't bet it without Gary. Uh, I think this team's good when all pieces are intact, but they're not deep enough to withstand uh, even one injury. And I think Gary's very important. So I would lean toward Ohio State, even though they're in a funk. Hi, back to the Valley for you. Illinois State, who has been one of my king whack-a-mole teams this year, Eight and a half point road dogs at Northern Iowa. And also a team that's been tough to figure out without Heisey. This feels a little high, but I don't know. You tell me. It does feel high, but you and I have been good at home. And they've also been, frankly, pretty good in the Valley. I think they're five and two in Valley play. Um, I guess I'd lean towards Illinois State, but I don't trust that team whatsoever, Jim. I agree. Whack-a-mole indeed. And 
pretty much flying below expectations, I would say, this year. Yep. And Sandage missed last game. One of their few shooters. I think he matters a little bit. Uh, Matt, back to the American. Cincinnati, four-point road favorite at South Florida, who can actually score this year. What's happening? Uh, anything for you in this one? I like South Florida. Just look back at that roster and then remove the South Florida stench that you have from all those years where they couldn't score 50 points against anybody and they shot 25%. This roster actually has some offensive, uh, I wouldn't say talent, but uh, potential, and they've showed it. I think they're playing a little faster, a little more fluid. It's a more balanced team. I like this bowl squad. I hate that I'm saying that, but I like this bowl squad. I, I win their way tonight. Matt, the chat's saying you need a day off, some load management after your uh, your engagement and, and traveling. I did. So we'll, we'll, I did. We'll I'm all over the place today. It's one of my worst shows of the, of the season. I, I'll, I'll admit that. I'll watch the table. I'll get better. It's fine. It's we'll fine. get you that on Friday. Don't worry. Uh, Kai, the Bills, St. Louis, a team, a city that you're going to be passing yes. through tomorrow. They are at Loyola up here in Chicago. Both these teams really disappointing, but man, the Ramblers are the most disappointing team in this league. The SLU take care of business on the road. Yeah, it's kind of always like, can Loyola really be this bad? Should I keep fading Loyola? I have the last couple of games. It's worked out very well. I didn't do it again. Um, I stayed away. The reason being, I'm not sure who's in and out for SLU. Yuri Collins missed last game. He's only a little bit important for that team, but they did cover against GW without him in a strange result. Uh, also, Jalen Pickett, I think, is day-to-day as well. So I stayed away because the injury questions, but yeah, there's uh, no faith right now in Loyola. They look terrible. I have a small working theory that no Collins helped them last game because you've got this monster Javante Perkins game, 27 points. Like he got to handle the ball and get some more confidence. So I'm curious if that actually helps slew long-term. All right. Last two here, Matthew G Webb at Longwood. Longwood is a five point home favorite in the big South. Gardner Webb's been a pretty feisty underdog uh, last couple of years, really well coached team. The Lancers win big. I kind of think so. I don't like Fade Longwood. Um, and that's for a guy who'd love G Web coming into this season. Um, we have officially lost Kai. It was a good run for him in the lobby, but it's going to be a two man show from here on out, Jimbo. So I'll pin pong it back to you for more questions, as I have no takes on the extra board usually. No, no worries. Um, I think we only have one more game in Chat Mob. Kai's already revealed his best bet, so we can just recap that. Last question in Chat Mob Xavier, eight and a half point favorites at DePaul. This feels like a tough spot for DePaul here. Uh, just or excuse me tough spot for Xavier big yeah. big home win over the weekend now you go to DePaul's tougher game to get hyped for my only concern for the Demons Matthew is that Caleb Murphy might play and again I, I just don't think he's going to be a net positive when he's back in with uh, back from yeah, his wrist injury I agree I just don't have a, a big appetite to uh, get smashed by Xavier so I'm staying away from that game yeah, stay away. It feels high, but the total is 157. Like, this will be a high-scoring game, so 9 will play more like 7. So keep that in mind if you're trying back. Hey, I saw our King Brad Evans asking about Slew Loyola, Jim, also in the Chi-Town area. Did we get that day? Did I miss that? Yeah, Kai, we talked about Slew for like two minutes. I oh, about, I was I checked out. I was going through the board. Javante Perkins is, had a huge game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The chemistry. Man. Um, all right. Oh, he's back. Last, yeah. We're good through, we're good through chat mob. Uh, we're gonna, just going to recap best bets here, and I actually get to go first. I'm going with the Army Bucknell under, 143. Surprising that it's only 143. It's like four points lower than the Ken Palm total already. Uh, but both these teams have been playing really slow in league play. Bucknell had that game, I forget who it was against on the road, but they scored six points in the final like 15 minutes of game time when you include overtime. It was embarrassing. I think their offense has some serious issues right now. Um, and even Army's pretty porous defense won't be the salve for that so i think low possession game 
and hopefully efficiency isn't crazy enough to push it over that 143 total. Uh, Kai, you are back. Do you want to recap your best bet, or should we do it for you? Missouri Tigers. My my computer literally died. I'm surprised I'm back. So this is great, fantastic. Hey, we love it. The death of a computer, but not the death of our Tigers tonight. Big W for the alma mater. Matthew, your best bet was. Oklahoma Boomer Sooner. Uh, I took plus two. I also took some money line uh, just because I got the worst number and I was annoyed by that. So the plus 120 looked a little more juicy to me, Jim. By that. All right. Uh, that's it. That's everything. Kai, do you want to give us a, a fun recap from the lobby? Signing off from the Hampton Inn in Columbia, Missouri. Excited for my Missouri Tigers to beat the Arkansas Razorbacks today. I hope my room's ready soon. I'm ready to lay down a little bit, uh, focus on tomorrow's handicap. Good luck on your bets today, folks. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern.